Pastor Leon and his wife Sheila founded Gospel Tabernacle Church in 1982 in the heart of Lawrence, South Carolina. Since then, the Lord has richly blessed and increased the ministry and family of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Here at Gospel Tabernacle, we believe in the power of the Word of God to change the hearts and lives of believers. Gospel Tabernacle is a family church ministering to the whole family through the charismatic teaching ministry. Today's message will grow your faith and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. How many's in love with Jesus? Say, I am. Amen. Amen. How many's in love with each other? Say, I am. Amen. It's great to be in love. We don't have any bitterness or strife or hatred or anything in your heart. You just love everybody. Do what the Lord's called you to do. And you love him, I guess you might would say, most of all, because he's just everything to us. All right, let's get ready to get into the word of God today. Have you brought your Bible with you today? Let's make our confession as we go before the Lord. Everybody say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, the incorruptible, the ever-living seed, the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, that sounds great. God bless you. God bless you. So happy that you're excited today. Turn with me in the scriptures uh, to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21 that we'll be reading for our text, which I've been reading for the last several weeks, and I'm going to go just a slightly uh, different uh, direction as I've been talking about things uh, uh, for my overhead, uh, my graphic that should be up there on uh, the uh, return of, or the... Uh, worshiping false gods that should be up on the screen there as it comes up. Okay, maybe it'll be up there in a minute. But in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, the Bible says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols. Another translation says, keep yourself from false gods. Keep yourself from false gods. Notice in 1 John 5 and verse 19, she said, We know that the whole world, or we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. You and I are born-again children of God. If you are, say, I am. Amen. That's who we are. But we live in a world of wickedness. We live in a world that has been taken over by a pagan culture and a pagan society. We are seeing it in every direction that we look. It's out there. It's undeniable. And I've been talking about that for the last several times that I've been ministering on Sunday mornings, and I'm going to go that direction and a little bit more. Recognize this, that when the devil came in the Garden of Eden, uh, we read in Genesis chapter 3 that he came and tempted Adam and Eve, and he took over Adam's dominion of this earth. It was only Adam that had the dominion. God had given it unto him in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And so he and Eve had this dominion over the earth, and when the devil lied to him and got Adam to follow him rather than God, Adam lost his dominion and it was given unto the devil. Adam gave it to him, not God, but Adam gave him the dominion that he had unto the devil. Well, we see him exercise that dominion for almost 4,000 years. During that time, Israel was in and out of the things of God. They came out of Egyptian bondage. One of the first things they did at the mount where Moses received the law of God, the Ten Commandments we call them, and where he was at then, they made an idol of false God, began to worship it, 
And you see their decline and their decay even began from the very onset at the first start. Uh, they were punished because of that. A great plague came against them because of that. There was times of revival when they'd come back into the things of God, and there were times when they'd fall away again and again and again. And so what we found was by the time Christ got here, uh, to uh, in a, in born of a manger in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. By the time he gets here, he comes into a devil-infested world. We find that when Satan tempted him, he told him, all the kingdoms of the earth, they're mine. I'll give them to me if you worship me. That was the offer that he made. He said, the, the power of them has been delivered unto me, is what Satan said when he talked to Jesus. The Bible says in, in, in what is it, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, or 4-4, four, four, when it talks about the understanding that there is a God of this world. We see John here says, the whole world lies in wickedness. We see in First uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2 where it talks about there are children of disobedience that follow the course of this world that is laid out. And so when Jesus comes into the earth, what we find him doing is there's three main things. He preaches, he teaches, and he casts out devils. Preaches, teaches, cast out devils. He calls the 12, he gives them power to preach, teach, and cast out devils. The 70, they cast out devils. And the New Testament church, they cast out devils. He left us with the promise in Mark chapter 16, verses 15, 16, 17, 18, those four verses when he tells us that we will lay hands on the sick, they will recover, we will cast out devils. And so part of the ministry of the church to this day is exposing and casting out devils. The New Testament church was so very successful at that. They did so very well. You read scriptures. I showed you several that I saw in, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, when it talked about uh, Stephen, the great revival that he had uh, during that time, that even Simon, the sorcerer, lost his power before he got saved. In other words, there's this time that he, he cannot speak, that devils cannot speak, the fallen uh, creatures, the fallen angels that are coming in this earth and invaded, the false gods are unable to speak in the presence of such great righteousness. And so he lost, he lost his power during that time. We see in Acts chapter 19, Paul uh, was accused that you're going to shut down uh, the goddess Diana who had her... Uh, temple in Ephesus at that time. You're going to shut it down if this keeps on going. And, and indeed, it did get shut down. It got shut down mightily uh, in one of the apocryphal writings about the apostle John. It talks about him going there in Ephesus, and he makes a challenge to them that they've been opposing him. And he says to the false gods there, he says to the false prophets, the oracles that are there, the soothsayers, all of those that have gathered around that temple of Diana, and he says to them this, he says, listen, uh, you know what? I'm preaching the gospel. If you want to, go ahead, and, go ahead and strike me down. Go ahead. If you want to do that, strike me down dead is what he said. He said, but here's a caveat to that. Here's a catch. If you don't do it, if you don't strike me down, then I'm going to strike you down. And so none of them would take him up on his offer. They wouldn't take him up on his challenge. And uh, they did not have the power to cast him down. But at the same time, John, we're told in historical writings, that he prayed a prayer. And at the time he paid, prayed a prayer, one of the idols inside of the temple fell. It fell on top of the false high priest of that uh, temple, and he was killed. In fact, several uh, uh, pillars of the temple that closed in and fell in at the same time. So God's children are always greater than the things of the devil. Somebody say amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. But there is a he that's in the world. Some people want to live life and say, don't tell me about that. You'd better know about it. You'd better know because there's a he that's in this world. 
But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So, so we looked at that. That became so successful. To up around 300, Constantine, the uh, emperor at that time, uh, the Roman emperor, and, and he was saved. He came to the Lord through the sign of the cross that he had seen, and they changed the signage of uh, Roman Empire at that time. They changed the money, changed the coins, did all kinds of made Christianity <clears throat> the uh, main religion in the Romans' day. And so there was, there was great success, great success. But now what we have... Look with me to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 45. Matthew 12, verse 45. Everybody turn with me there. In Matthew 12, verse 45, Jesus gave us this understanding and this principle of what happens. He told us in verse 43, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places. He walks through dry places and seeks rest and finds none. In other words, the unclean spirit wants to inhabit a vessel that he can express himself in. If you are not in a flesh body, you can't <clears throat> excuse me, express yourself here on planet Earth. And so here we see this teaching. In verse 44, then he said, I will return to my house from which I've came out. And when he's come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. The Spirit says, I will come back to where it is that I have been taken out of, where I've been cast out of. If there's nothing else in there, I'm going back. Now verse 45. <clears throat> then goeth he and taketh with him himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. In other words, the second, if you will, encounter with the devil. The se- <coughs> excuse me, Sheila, you got a little something here. I can- the second encounter is worse than the first. It's greater and more powerful than the first. What we are seeing right now in America is what we might call a second encounter or a second explosions of the gods. In other words, they were here, they were driven out during Christianity, and now they have reemerged and they've come back into our civilization uh, once again. I don't know what that is. But, and so they are in our day that we are living right now and greater, greater than what they were in the first place. You see that, that principle he says? The second time he comes, he takes seven more with him. So what you see in the last days is going to be more powerful, more extravagant, more wild, more devilish, more ungodly than what we've ever seen before. And we're beginning to see some of that now in the day and age that we are living in. Now notice he said, verse 45, even so shall it be to this generation, this wicked generation, not just people, but a generation. And you can see this thing cycle in and out. Because what, what happened was, was uh, when they took over, the Christians more or less did, took over the then known world in Roman Empire three, four hundred uh, years uh, after Christ. What finally happened again, we go into the dark ages. And things get dark. You know, we can't even read the Bible anymore. Can't even do a lot of things anymore. We go into the dark ages. And then we come into the period of the Reformation, right around 1600. And so we've been living off that Reformation for the last several hundred years right now. But now we've entered back into the dark ages again. And so you can see this thing cycle, and it cycles differently in different civilizations and different places. And so that's what we've been talking about and what we've been looking at. Paul said it like this, 1 Timothy 4.1. <clears throat> now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Why? They will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the earth today there are seducing spirits, there are doctrines of devils that are being preached and taught. <clears throat> What is it I've said before that I shouldn't have said? About every three years, I get this little thing sort of nagging at me a little bit, trying to get me now. But it won't win. It'll come out. 
in Jesus' name. And so, and so, we see that in the last days, this is happening. Now, notice there are seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. Seducing spirits, there are spirits that take you over or take over your mind or take over a civilization, and they convince the civilization that this is them and this is truth and this is reality. We live in a day and age right now where people believe that some of the craziness that's going on on planet Earth is reality. They think it's real. I mean, it's amazing how they have their language. <clears throat> I was listening to a two-minute clip the other day uh, by one of the people that's in charge of our government, of our health and human services, uh, one of, actually the head person, uh, Rachel Levine, or Levine, that was talking about it. And what he said was, uh, and, but you wouldn't know it because she's dressed like a woman, but what he said was that we're not being loving and kind when we don't accept people based on who they say they are. And so now it's flipped. The people who are not loving and kind are the people who recognize a biological sex. We recognize what you were born as. That's called, in this day and age, cisgender. C-I-S. In other words, it's that part of you as what you were born as, man or woman. That is called cisgender. Everybody else may be some other type of gender, and I think there's over 100 genders they say that they are now that are out there. Some people are no genders at all. I don't know how you get that. But anyway, they're, 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 they're out there. And they would say that if you would correct them and bring them to the proper understanding of biologically, not just biblically, but biologically, this is who you are, and you correct them on that, they would say that you're being unkind, you're being unloving, and you're the one uh, that has no tolerance, and you're the one that will not let people have their own beliefs and opinions, that kind of thing, and you're the mean guy. And it's getting very scary lately because you're getting to the place to where you can lose things on planet Earth and in our civilization on the United States based on your belief of the truth. Now, that's in the day we're living. But those doctors and devils make people believe that. They really, really, really believe it. It's un real what they believe well we saw in uh second timothy or sorry second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1 let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a fallen way first of course it's talking about the tribulation period but certainly we're in preparatory times for that now and so the devil doesn't get to do anything he wants to do if the church falls away in other words the church must fall away first in order for the devil to have his way in the earth the church has got to fall away first because it's the gospel that drives back and keeps the false gods back. It was the gospel. It was righteous men. In fact, the god, false god Apollo made that, uh, you know, prognostication, so to speak, uh, to a Roman emperor who came and said, we haven't been hearing from you lately. How come? And he went down into a cave and his oracles had stopped speaking. The oracles are the people who were like mediums and channels. The oracles were saying, we're not hearing anything from the god Apollo. And so the Roman uh, leader goes to Apollo and says, what's, what's going on? What's happening? He says that Apollo answered him and said, I can't talk anymore because righteous men have shut me up. Amen. Where righteousness prevails, you will not see great activity of false gods in the earth. Amen. But, but, just the other way. Where righteousness is not preached, where the gospel is not preached, where things, you know, is not put out there just like the truth that it is in the word of God, then you see wickedness increase and increase and increase. That's where we're at now. Because sadly, very sadly, heartbreakingly, there has become a falling away in the church. 
Now, I'm persuaded you and I are not of that group. Somebody say, Amen. No, let's not let it not be us. All right. We looked at that. Now then, I'm going to show you just a couple little clips I got on video, two or three, and, and just look at them. They'll be short, probably less than a minute, but uh, each. And so I, I want you to see these, and then we're going to get right back into the Word and where we're going. But I just want you to see how, how crazy things are. Do you, do you know uh, how many she's do we have here today? How many he's do we have here today? Have we got anybody else somewhere else that don't fit those two categories? You know, well, let's, let's have a little tolerance. Go right ahead, run that one, and pull the audio. Make sure we get the audio, because that is an audio one. So since I've been talking a little bit more about my pronouns, you know, my past videos, um, people have been wondering how to use them and how they work. So while I'm drying my beard oil, I'll go ahead and tell you. I have done this before, but it's been like a good few months, so... My pronouns are ve, vir, viz. Ve, vir, viz. That is the same order as he, him, his, she, her, hers, and they, them, theirs. So in any sentence where you would use that pronoun, you just replace it with whatever neo-pronoun of mine is equivalent. So, there V is. There he is. I'm going to go talk to Veer. I'm going to go talk to him. Look at Viz's new bag look at his new bag. You getting it? I literally just found them on the internet over a year ago and they just stuck with me. So since I've been talking a little bit. Okay. So if you got it straight. <clears throat> what? Veer, vu, vu, whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> problem is, problem is you don't understand something. There is no such thing, play it, as a biological male or female. Biological sex is fake. Yes, we all know that gender roles are fake. But do not say to a trans person, biologically male, born female, male-bodied. No, 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 no. There is no biological criteria for gender that is both universal and a binary in human beings. Where does that leave us? Free. Biological sex. Okay, now you're all free. <clears throat> Since you now realize there's no such thing as a biological man or a biological woman. Now we're going to need some enforcement of this. I mean, everybody's just not going to believe these things. So we need some enforcement on this. Let's see. Let's get some enforcement. Okay, so then, they have enforcement now against, notice one of the sayings, hate speech. This is a hate speech sermon this morning. That's what it would be called, a hate speech sermon. That's what I'm involved in doing right now, according to them. Amen, amen, amen. According to them. And so the world has flipped it. 
Now, you see that pride cruiser that he's got for the month of June. You see that. I mean, what's going on there? But you can be arrested. And people have been. Thousands of people have been arrested based on them saying something against certain lifestyles that are taking place in the United States. Let's go back. Now then, how did we get here? What happened to us? A new God or a new false God or a false God has returned. I talked about Baal last week and the week before. Baal is that God that comes in and seeks worship. As you see my little image, I have them here, this woodcut. And he receives that worship. He's involved in human sacrifice. He's involved in all kind of things that he does. And men and women worship. He breaks open a society and he causes them to forget God. He is a replacement God. He comes into the earth and he takes everything that's righteous, holy, good, the word of God, everything that is godly, and he pushes it aside so that you don't remember it anymore don't know about it anymore, and he replaces it with something else. He makes a way for the other false gods. And we, we detailed very carefully last week how he had come in in the 60s and took the minds of children and how he started changing them from the very beginning with no prayer. You can't talk to God anymore. Uh, no reading of the Bible. You can't hear from God anymore. No Ten Commandments. There's nothing you have to do anymore. All those things were taken out of our schools. We looked at that. We saw that, and we raised a generation of children. And it would shock some of us who maybe are older, maybe, you know, into your 40s, like maybe I am a little older than that. But uh, it would shock some of us sometime to actually talk to children of a younger mindset, such as a teenager or maybe in her early 20s. Their thinking is not the same as yours. Nowadays, if you're more than 10 years old, they don't think like you think. They've been preached and taught to another method Sadly, there's a lot of great, good school teachers that we love and are holding the you know, righteous banner up high. But there is a system that they're having to work in that is propagating a lot of the things that we see in today's world. That's why it's so very important. Get your children in church. Get them in church. Get them in church. Get them in church. If you don't do that, if you don't, the world will raise them. And the world will raise them just like this that we've seen here. There's a bunch of others, some stuff I can't even put up on the screen. I mean, that, that's some of the clean stuff, you know. I, I don't spend time watching all this filth and dirty and trash and other stuff either. But some of it's out there. And so there's a world of this stuff that's going on like that, that the church needs to stand up and stand strong. But now a lot of churches have compromised to the point they're just like that. They've replaced their, their flags. and We honor our flags. We don't worship them. But we've got a Christian flag, an American flag, and they've been replaced with the, the gay pride flag within churches. The colors of the rainbow. They've taken that blessed thing that God said, when you see that rainbow, you know I'll never destroy the earth again by a flood. And they perverted it and changed it into their perverted ways and perverted thinking. What has happened, though, in this day and age, something unique, something unique has come into the earth beginning in the 60s until now. Something very unique has come into the earth. And what I'm calling it today... And if you look in the Old Covenant, you can see this, and we'll see in just a moment here. And uh, you can sort of be turning with Judges chapter 2. We'll be there in a minute, Judges chapter 2. But there is a false god that was mentioned, an idol of worship in the Old Covenant named Ashtaroth. Ashtaroth. That's the King James word that's used most often. However, with these false gods, sometimes they got many names. They got lots of names. Depends on what civilization they are in. 
The Israelites also called her the queen of heaven that you can read about in Jeremiah, which we may get there today. The Babylonians and Syrians and people who lived in Mesopotamia called her Ishtar. If you ever heard of Ishtar. Sumerians called her Inanna. The Greeks called her Ashtar and Aphrodite. Romans called her Venus. She is a star principle, a female deity of the Canaanites. She was identified with the moon and the planet Venus. Keep that in there together. Love, sexual relations, these kind of things. Identify with the moon. There's a moon out tonight. Whoa. Anyway, that's going back to do-up days. But anyway, we connect moon with romance. We connect these things together. I wonder why she's called this moon. Why she called the, the planet Venus? Why she called, oh, Venus. Oh, Venus. We had a song about that, too, back in the rock days. And, she's, and that's her name, Venus. The goddess of sensual love, of maternity and fertility. Licentious worship was conducted in honor of her. Around some of these places, you would see connected to Baal, because Ashtaroth is known as the wife of Baal. Around Baal, you would see some of these poles that are erected around her. Groves, they're called in the Old Testament. And you, and you would see them around her, and basically, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get more descriptive or depictive than I need to, but basically they're pornographic images. And they're put outside, and all of this sexual stuff has morphed and meshed with the worship of Baal. And we've seen that happen in America. Uh, she was a patroness of war as well. She was the goddess of magic and spells. She was the goddess that would come in and break conventions, break things that you knew as normal, turn it upside down on its head, and put you into something that's not normal. She would bend sexuality. She was in war. She was known as a prostitute. And she believed in rampant sexuality. The name is Ashtaroth, who she is. Now, in, in Scripture, you can look in Exodus 32 and verse 7, and you can see where first thing that was made. When the children of Israel come out of Egyptian bondage, and, they, and they, at the bottom of the mount where Moses received the Ten Commandments, what do they do? They make a God, and Aaron said, hey, it ain't my fault. What we did, we had this fire going, and out walked this bull, out walked this thing that we began to worship, this false god. No, it didn't. Somebody put that thing together. But they said it just happened. Just happened. Well, that was the beginning of it. And then we see the children of Israel later on in Judges chapter 2 and verse 11, about 1,400 years before Christ. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And that's a plural for Baals. In other words, they didn't have one Baal god. They got many. Lots of them. And, and so they served Balaam. And verse 13, they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Asheroth. They're now not only worshiping this fallen image, but they're having this perverted sexual stuff that's being connected to it and becoming part of their worship. That's what they're doing. In Judges 10 and 6, it said, The children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, Sir Balaam and Ashtaroth. They did this for many years, almost 4,000 years up until the time of, of coming of Christ, that they're worshiping this fallen God. They're worshiping this being. Now, turn around and let me show you something here. In Judges 6, verse 24. In Judges 6.24, Gideon, after he learns that God is Jehovah Shalom, that he is his peace and his rest, a verse of scripture that I pray in the Lord's Prayer consistently, and after he has an encounter with God, God tells him something. It came to pass, pass that same night that the Lord said to him, Gideon, Lord said to him, take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of the seven year, throw it down at the altar of Baal that your father had. And cut down the grove that is by it. 
When you and I read that in our typical understanding, particularly me being born in an agriculture society here in South Carolina and that kind of thing, I saw Grove and I always thought Grove was a grove of trees, you know. But look it up. Tap it. I mean, if you just tap, if you've got an, a Hebrew concordance to come up, it'll show it to you. And it'll bring up the word grove there, and it is the word Ashtaroth. Ashtoreth, Ashtaroth, same word, one's plural, one's singular. But it's the Ashtaroth. And he said it cut down that Ashtaroth, that pole that is outside this worship of Cut that thing down. Get rid of it, Gideon. If you're going to serve me, you've got to get rid of these false gods. Let me tell you something. You cannot serve God and false gods all at the same time. It will not work. It does not jive. It does not compute. All right. So this Ashtaroth, he was told to cut down. Look with me in 1 Kings chapter 11. We'll go, we'll go forward in, in time. I thought I'd walk through the time of the Old Covenant. That's about 1,200 years before Christ. And almost about 960 years before Christ. Now we're coming up with Solomon. Oh, Solomon. Solomon, Solomon. I now know something about Solomon I never knew till three days ago. 1 Kings 11.5. Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidians, and after Malcolm, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon, what he had done, he had brought in these strange wives, and they all had their gods, and Solomon got turned toward them. One of the saddest things in the Old Testament we're about to read. He was turned to them. In 2 Kings 23 and verse 13, not only did he go after Asheroth, but in 2 Kings 23 verse 13, the high places that were there in Jerusalem, which were on the right hand and the mount of the corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had builded for Asheroth, the abomination of the Zidians and for Chemos, the abomination of the Moabites. And for Malcolm, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile. The king Solomon even built her a temple. An ungodly, I don't know how to say it any other way, but a temple where all forms of sexual perversion were going forth. Solomon, the man who was called the son of David, who built a temple for God, now has backslidden and left the things of God and now building temples for devils. One principally is Ashtaroth. Why is he so connected to Ashtaroth? Remember, she is the goddess of sexual things, of perversion and rampant sexuality. That's who she is. Solomon, what happened to you? First Kings 11, 1. King Solomon loved many strange women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh, the women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zenonites, and the Hittites. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said, the children of Israel, you shall not go in into them, neither shall they come in into you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And notice, he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. Verse 4, it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wife turned away his heart after other gods and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. What was it? I always wondered about that. I mean, I don't guess you can understand. I've got to be very careful because Sheila might chastise me for sure. I started to say, yeah, you might can understand somebody having two or three wives. Well, you really can't understand that. 
Okay, you can't understand. We can't understand that, Joe. That if somebody had two or three wives. You can't understand that. But why in the world would somebody have 700 wives and 300 concubines? Oh, in seminary, they said, okay, here's the deal. What happened is Solomon made covenant with the nations that are out here. And when he did, part of that covenant was you take their wife and it would be a better relationship for the two kingdoms once you married one of theirs. Today on planet on earth, there's only 200 nations. And when Solomon was really reigning then, maybe 34 nations that he knew anything about. There ain't no 700 of them. Somebody say amen. But yet he married 700. That ain't enough. 300, 1,000 women. Why? Why? Why 1,000? Ashtaroth. 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 He's been possessed and taken over by this false god, Ashtaroth. And he's simply letting Ashtaroth live out her life of sexuality through him. And you see what happens when the richest man in the world, oh, we can go there in just a moment, when the richest man in the world is possessed by these sexual false gods. That's why he had the 700 wives. That's why. He had to 300 wives because it ain't natural. It's not human. It's not understandable. It's no way, shape, form, and fashion can you explain it other than the gods have taken over his mind. And so they did. All right. You can go to, to, to 1 Kings. Elijah confronted Ashtaroth. Remember when he fought all of those different gods that he was fighting during that time? What was there? There was 450 prophets of Baal and there were 400 prophets of the grove. 400 prophets of Ashtaroth. When Elijah was confronting them. Now, let me give you something too because I saw this. I never saw this before. In 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 25, Elijah in his divine contest against these false prophets were saying, we're going to erect here a, a altar and a sacrifice. We'll just see who God, which God answers by fire. If your God answers by fire, we'll serve your God. If he doesn't, we'll serve mine. And we'll, we'll just see. And, and so he challenges 850 false prophets, of which 400 of them are false prophets of Ashtaroth. Now, when you see that, don't just think you've got 400 guys like this priest right here holding that baby. That's bad enough for sure. That's terrible. But they're not just like that. Some look like that. Some look like these other guys we just saw in the video just a few moments ago. And some, you don't even know what they are. Because they are false prophets of Ashtaroth. Where their sexual lives have been distorted, perverted, and taken over. You don't know what he's dealing with when he saw these 400 guys. Or it's. Or whatever they were. That came up. I don't know what the pronoun would be. And so... It says in, in verse 25, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose out a bullet for yourselves and dress it first, for there are many and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. And no fire now. We're going to let a God answer by fire. Verse 26, they took the bullet which was given them, they dressed it and they called on the name of Baal from the morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor was there any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar that was made. That's one of the last things I'm going to do. If I create an altar and I'm wanting a thing to catch on fire, I ain't leaping on top of it where the fire is supposed to hit. But, but, but now notice, there was no, verse 26, there was no voice. And he talks to them. He said, verse 27, 
At noon, Elijah mocked them again, said he's a god. Maybe he's out talking or he's pursuing or he's on a journey. Maybe he's sleeping or must be awakened or something like that. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. But the thing I want you to see is this. Verse 26, there was no voice. False gods can't talk in the presence of this ungod, or in the presence of a righteous man, false gods can't talk. You see, in the church, we've got the power to shut this thing down if we'll stand up for that. I remember years ago, listening to Brother Copeland, and, and he said this. He said it sort of as a joke. It was a little comical and funny, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. He, he talked about going into uh, Christians at those times, and you know, in the late 60s and early 70s, witchcraft was prevalent and that kind of thing, and it still is. But uh, he talked about that. He said, hey, if I'm going into a witch's coven, the first thing I expect to happen is I expect their pot to stop boiling. <laughs> and I laughed about that. Boy, that's funny. His pot stopped boiling. But he's right. Pots don't boil in the presence of righteous men. False gods can't talk in the presence of the prophet Elijah. Jesus, when he cast out devils, what did he do? He suffered them not to talk. Shut up. You're going out, but you're also shutting up too. Wow. Righteousness has its great rewards. Amen. And so we saw that. We could look again. There's other places that we could look at in First Kings chapter 16, verse 33. The Bible says, Ahab made a grove. King Ahab did. Remember Ahab and his wonderful wife, Jezebel? He made a grove. He made a sexual image that he erected to Ashtaroth. Look up the word grove again. All you got to do is punch it and you'll see Ashtaroth. That's who it is. That's who it is. He did it. We could go on down about 720 years BC, And we can find, once again, that King Hosea, he made a grove as well under Ashtaroth. You could go on down, and I'm not going to read all the verses of Scripture, but 697 and 2 Kings chapter 21. Manasseh, one of the most wicked, bloodthirsty kings they ever had. He made a grove and worshipped Ashtaroth. You can go and you can go. Now then. Let's think just a little bit. Let's go back once again. I'm not going to detail this as much as I did the other, but let's go back into the world that I grew up in, in the 50s and the 60s. I just got a few things. I lived in a time when marriage was sacred. And into the bonds of what? Holy matrimony. Sacred marriage. Sex outside of marriage was seen as a sin. People living together outside of marriage was very rare. In the days I grew up in. Divorce was not very common in those days. Although I was in a family that was divorced. Prostitution existed. But in those days it was illegal. It's still illegal today. But guess what? Ain't nobody enforcing the law. Homosexuality was called abnormal psychology. We all recognized That if you were a participant of homosexuality, something's wrong with you. You ain't right. Remember that? You ain't right in the head, we used to say. You ain't right. There was next to none in the early 60s and middle 70s. No no sex in movies, no thing. Remember, the the rating system didn't come out to 1969. Before then, they didn't need it that bad. Oh, you'd have a few little here and a few little there. But you didn't see all the sex in movies like you see now. They can't make a movie now. Without saying a four-letter word 50 times. 
And you and I, as children of God, don't need to be going to watch those movies. Somebody say amen. I mean, if that's the only vocabulary you got is a four-letter word, you say it every three seconds, I ain't going. I'm not going to defile my mind with that kind of stuff. I'm not going to have my thinking, you know, just feel that stuff. I ain't doing that. Because what happened, you keep going, keep going, keep going, you're going to begin saying that same thing you've been hearing. Faith come by hearing, hearing by word. Anyway. Uh, on commercials, you didn't see that much sex on commercials. Oh, you might see a, a nice-looking, handsome young man like myself or a beautiful young lady like Sheila. You might see uh, on, on a commercial, but you didn't see all the sex stuff they got now. It is unreal. We, we were watching uh, Pluto, and we watched over the Roku TV, and we were watching this older movie, Christmas movie, we were watching the other day, and it was all clean. It was ready G, and it was everything we enjoyed. But then the commercials come on. You can't have a commercial without somebody gay nowadays. And now you can't have a commercial without them, you know. My, when they talk about getting a wedding ring, you know, everybody wants a diamond for Christmas. I don't know, you know, what? I, I don't mind people getting diamonds for Christmas, but I ain't buying a diamond putting it on another man for Christmas. <laughs> they do on those commercials. You didn't have that when I was growing up. In the day that I grew up now as a young man, teenager, those kind of things, about the only thing you saw where pornography was concerned was Playboy magazine. And where'd they have it? Behind the counter. And what was in front of it? A little piece of wooden thing where you couldn't see anything. As a young teenager, I said, doggone it. But anyway, a, a wooden thing <laughs> where you couldn't see it, right? That was the world I grew up in. How many know things have changed? Things have changed drastically. All right, all right. Look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And first, oh, man, I got to hurry. 1 Timothy chapter 2. When Baal opens up society to Asheroth, he brings in the se sexual re uh, revolution. That was in the 60s. Free sex. Sexual revolution of the 60s. It's all about love, man. We just love everybody. We love everybody. Asheroth did a lot of things. It changed the dress in America starting then. People started dressing differently. Now, primarily, I guess, you know, when you look at it, some of it falls on women, but it's men too. But have you ever looked at some of the gay, well, how do I say it? Some of the gay 90s. Remember the gay 90s? Back when gay was gay? The gay, happy 90s, let's say it that way. You go back to the gay 90s, 1890s, 1900s, 1910s. And you look at some of those swimsuits, and what do we do? We laugh, don't we? Because we see the, the young lady. Remember, I, I remember watching Beverly Hillbillies when Uncle Jed bought Ellie Mae a swimsuit. And that thing had legs down to the ankles. Little dress thing that went right below the knees. I mean, it looked more like a dress. You'd look at that and we'd, we'd laugh, wouldn't we? You know why? Because our mind had become so desensitized that we'd seen so much of the other, of women dressing and don't hide nothing. In the day that I grew up in, you know, I don't know what, it used to be, what was it, a string bikini? I don't even think it's a thread now. Right? I mean, uh, it changed. It changed. America's dress code changed. Listen to this. Sheila and I were listening to the news three days ago. I got it written down. Three days ago. I write this stuff down. And we heard it on CNN News, and here's what it said. It is now legal for women and men to be topless at beaches on popular vacation island Nantucket off of the coast of Massachusetts. It just passed three days ago. 
So if you want to, quote, unquote, bear it all, Nantucket's where you need to go. Earlier this year, a local-led gender equality on beaches campaign coming to Myrtle Beach near you. Gender equality on beaches campaign proposed a bylaw amendment that would make it legal for anyone, any gender, to make uh, to be nude from the waist up while on the beach. Where did they get this from? Equality. I mean, believes equality. Let's all just say amen for the fun of it. I mean, believes equality. Everybody say amen. They're very weak, but anyway. We believe in equality, but my quality stops there. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about equality. We're talking about treating everybody with dignity and respect and honor. No matter how much money you got, no matter what color you are, no matter what your background is, we treat you honorable respect. And we do, even these folks. We treat everybody with respect. But equality don't mean that, you know, if, if we say something for the man, we've got to say the same thing for the woman. And they base this law on the fact that, well, the man doesn't wear anything on his top, so the woman doesn't have to either. That's equality in their minds. This is the world we're living in. This is where we are at right now. Just look it up. You'll see it on there. And South Carolina is still illegal and a fine up to three years in jail. Don't try it in South Carolina. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, if you tried it four days ago, not three, but four days ago in Nantucket, you would have paid a fine of $300 and placed a possible imprisonment for almost 10 years. And they wiped it off the books. Keep you $300. Anyway, what does the Bible say in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9? In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Everybody say amen. amen. Which shamefacedness, sobriety, not brought a hair, gold, pearls, a costly array, but that which becometh women professing godliness with good works. In other words, we do not dress ourselves in a way that unduly causes the other sex to look at us with lust. Not saying that we can't be stylish or have certain colors or those kind of... Not saying that at all. I think most of us really know where the limits are. Somebody say amen. If you call it causing somebody <coughs> to Google at you, and I'm not talking about on the internet either. If you cause somebody to Google at you, you probably need to put some more clothes on. And I've seen some people sometimes, Lord God, I wish they did put some more clothes on. Amen. Where's clothes? Don't be out there lusting. I mean, I'll give give the ladies, whoever uh, watching, listen to this. Young girls, listen here, there, everywhere. Boys years ago used to have a saying: there was girls that they wanted to date and girls they wanted to marry. And the girls they wanted to marry didn't dress like a tramp. Somebody say Amen. 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 Dress right. Dress modestly. Do what you're supposed to do. Oh, my God. He's on the clothesline preaching right now. But anyway. Well, look. Clearly, Hebrews 13, 4 says marriage is honorable and all. And the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. There's a proper place for the sexual relationship. Somebody say amen. It is in the marriage bed. That's where it's supposed to be. Anything else is sinful. That's where it's supposed to be. In the day, so how do we get this way? R reading from an ancient text, and I've got all the citations for them written down. Ashtaroth, in a hymn that was written toward her, said this, You are a harlot. You go down to the alehouse. 
you are turning into one leaning out of the window, lifting up your voice. It's like you're going down to the, the L house, beer joint, house of prostitution, leaning out the window, won't invite people in. That kind of thing, going to the L house. I told Shayla the other day, I said, you know what? Uh, I think you're watching programs you're not supposed to be watching. And I said, and she said, what's that? I'm watching Bonanza. I said, them boys go to beer joint every week. <laughs> down to the L house. You are a mistress of myriad offices. No God compares with you. Oh, Astaroth. Oh, man. Some people have lifted up sex in our day like it's a God. As the beasts are sitting up in the dust, the ox and the sheep are returning to uh, briar and foal. You, my lady, have dressed like one of no repute in a single garment and has fastened the harlot's necklace around your neck. You're become one who snatches the man from the wife's embrace. Astaroth. You are a mystery to myriad offices. No God compares with you. And so whenever our society, we see all the sexual stuff going on, you're, at, you're just feeding the ego of the false god, Astaroth. That's where she, later you'll find out he, it, wants to be. We could go other places. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 7, what does the Bible say? Proverbs 7, 9, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black, in the dark of night, behold, there met him a woman with an attire of an harlot, don't dress like a harlot. Somebody say amen. amen. And supple of heart. He goes after her straightway. It said in verse 22, the man does, young, young man here, as an ox goes to the slaughter. Guys, when you're running after that har harlot, you headed toward the slaughter. Or as a fool to the corruption of stocks. Till a dark strike through his liver and as a bird hastened to the snare and knows not that he's went for his life. They don't think it. But that harlot in our society gonna kill those guys. Ain't got good motives. Ain't trying to start a loving, kind relationship. Ain't got nothing to do with it. Society has changed in a day. Asheroth has really done some things. There's some things that I could speak to you about as well. Uh, when you think about literature, uh, in, in the word, uh, as you go down and look at the different names of Asheroth throughout the ages, uh, the Greeks known her as Aphrodite, the goddess of love and sexual relations. And she had a son. You know what her son was named? Eros, from where we get the word erotic literature. In other words, Eros was a god of love, lust, desire, and sex. So where did erotic literature come that's invaded our society since the 60s of time? Right from this fallen God, this false God that we're looking at. Pornography. When we look at the Greek word for Asheroth, professing prostitution is porne. How did it become so big? Big false God. She's pushing it all over. In studying ancient history, naked images of Astaroth were erected all over the ancient world in clay and stone poles. What do we have? I, I, you know, you live in the world. I don't go to these places, of course. But you live in a world where you see things here and pop in, pop out, different things. What, this thing where women do these pole dances? Astaroth was a grove. Astaroth, they made this pole for her. And people have been dancing around this pole not knowing they're going back almost four or 5,000 years to the first pole that was erected for Asheroth. It, it, it's uncanny how a lot of these things connect and how they are out there. 
No wonder Jesus said this. He said this, that it, it, when they talked about adultery, he said, it's not you guys just go out and commit adultery. That's not the biggest problem. He said, that is a big problem. But he said, I say this unto you, that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her. He's talking about that looking. Pornography is everywhere today. I mentioned to you about that, what we would call now that generic Playboy magazine of the 60s and the others that came after that. Now, my goodness, you don't, you don't have to go running after some magazine somewhere. All you got to do is turn on television and watch a commercial, and it's there. All you got to do is watch some movies, it's there. I mean, my, all, all you got to do, young kids, whatever, all you got to do is get that phone. You can have all the pornography you want. Hours after hours. You want the, one of the biggest, I think it's the top three biggest industry in the world is pornography? wonder how it got to be that way. wonder what happened. I wonder what changed. Sounds like a goddess, a false god, a demonic spirit, a fallen angel has come into the earth and is pumping this kind of stuff into the earth today. You can see it. All you got to do is get an email. Some emails send you in pornography. I've gotten an email a time or two with a pornography on Have you? I have. Somebody just sent it to you out of blue. I don't know where you got it. Got it. Go to TikTok. You can see it. That's this newest thing young people like. Twitter, you can see it. Facebook, you can see it. Movies and cell phones, you can see it. And all these things that they're doing in this pornography industry that they're creating in the world today. And you've read the discussions and articles on it, I'm sure. Uh, it's not real. It's fake. It's false. I mean, when you, you put enough lighting, makeup, right angles, airbrushing, and all this kind of stuff on people, you can make them look any way you want to. I say this many times about Elvis. Elvis, uh, some people get mad at me when I say it, though. Elvis, you know, he, he, in the thing that he was in in rock and roll, he, he you know, he was a, a great singer, if you want to say it that way. But still, he had his flats and his sharps when he would sing. But my goodness, you take anybody and you put an orchestra behind them, and you come in with the Stamps Quartet on one side and the, the Sweet Inspirations on the other side, and you got about 14 different uh, Kathy McFarland backing him up on his harmony, and you come in about 14 different backup singers, anybody's going to sound good. And this pornography that they try to say to us, what is it? It ain't real. It ain't real. But yet they're selling to our world. Asheroth made prostitution a big business. You know, what, you know why, why prostitution? Prostitution destroys marriages. It takes the rightful place of sexual relationship that's supposed to be in a marriage and takes it outside the marriage. Wrong place. What happens? It destroys marriages. Big business. Big business in the world that we are in right now. It is so big. Don't get mad, I'm just going to tell you. That a billionaire by the name of Jeffrey Epstein created a sex trafficking network on his island for underage girls that rich people could come to the island and you know the rest of the story. And the names of all these people have been withheld from you and I today. Oh, there's some slips and slides that are out there. But the names, because many of them are some of your and my favorite politicians who paid, go. One particular ex-president went there 27 times to the island. The, the, the airplane records show that, where he went. And then Epstein, when he finally gets enough that they charge him with a crime, they put him in jail. And Brother Lewis, you'll have to tell me how this happened. But he gets in jail, and they say that he killed himself. Or somebody beside of him killed him. Or somehow he was killed in jail. Seemed like I smelled the CIA. I don't know. 
I don't know what I smell. I know this. Some people with money who can do anything they want to do. There's two tier justice systems in America. Okay? You're on the right side of the, uh, of the tier justice system. You can do anything you want to do. And they wanted Jeffrey gone and not talking. They put him out. They put him out. Whoever it was, whether it was him, the guys next door, or who, I don't know who did it. But, that, but imagine that. Imagine what's, what's going on. Underage children. All the sex trafficking is taking place on the border of America. It's unreal why we don't shut that thing down. It's unreal. But that's happening. In the world we're living at today, you know, in, when you go to the, the gay portion of it, movies going gay, commercials going gay, laws going gay, Disney World going gay, culture is, is, is going gay. All these kind of things are happening. Disney World recently did an ad, and they told all their employees anymore that when they had a fireworks display on every night that they would have it, and the parade that they had, don't say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Don't say that anymore. Because Disney World says we're not going to promote ladies or gentlemen, boys or girls. Because we don't know what your gender might be. Or whether you've got one or not. Is that not wacko and kooky as you can get? Unreal, unreal. I'm way out. Give me just... Let me give you one last topic. There's an ancient Babylonian tablet that says that June the 26th, why that? When you take our June and you morph it side by side with the Hebrew calendar, the month of Tammuz and June goes right together. Tammuz is this false god. It goes right together. He's also the son of Ashtaroth. And on the 10th of Tammuz, which corresponds with the 26th of June, it was a special day for him because in the tablets it said, this was a day appointed when a man shall cast a spell for another man to love another man. That was the day the spells were cast. You can go back to June the 28th in 1969. This so amazed me. 1969, in the late hours of the night, in, in a place that uh, was called uh, there uh, uh, in New York City, in Greenwich, if I'm pronouncing that right, Greenwich, New York City, there was a place there that was called Stonewall. It was a gay bar. And it was there, June 20, 1969, in the late hours of the night, that they had a raid of the police, and it was there that the gay pride movement was started. You, you can look it up. You'll see it all over the place. You can look up gay and Stonewall. You'll see more stuff than you ever dreamed of seeing. It's there. On June 28, 1970, the first gay pride march was held in Greenwich Village, New York. It was called the Christopher Street Liberation Day March. We're all getting liberated. We can finally be who we really are. So they say. June, the month of Tammuz. He had an annual feast, a parade, where it celebrated him in June. And that's, as they called it, Tammuz in the Jewish calendar. And the Assyrian women in grief tore off their hair and yielded their persons to prostitution, consecrating the hire of, the, uh, of Venus itself. Uh, James Fawcett Commentary tells us that. And the spell was cast for a man to love a man. Big time starting there. Let's go forward. June the 26th. Oh, June again? 
June the 26th, 2003, Lawrence versus Texas Supreme Court legalized homosexuality, a landmark decision in the United States Supreme Court in which the court ruled that most sanctions of criminal punishment for consensual, adult, non-procreative sexual activity are unconstitutional. In other words, it was June 26, 2003, they said, no, you can't say homosexuality is wrong anymore. Didn't go any further than that, that's what they said. But it was June 26th, again, that the Supreme Court issued another ruling. Why are they issuing all these rulings in June, the month of Tammuz? Why are they uh, issuing all these rulings June 26th, the day that the spell was cast for a man to love a man? And June 26th, verse 2000, or, I'm sorry, 2013, the United States versus Windsor, the United States Supreme Court ruled that Section 3 of the so-called Defense of Marriage Act. Remember we had this act that was put out there that said that, you know what, uh, we're going to defend marriage, and marriage is going to be only between a man and a woman. Uh, that's what we're going to say. No, no other way. No other way. That's what it's going to be. Well, it was then in, in 2013, June 26th, Supreme Court said, that's unconstitutional. We can't say that anymore. You can't say marriage is just between a man and a woman. It was in June 26th of 2015, June 26th, 2015, in Oberfell v. Hodges, a landmark, landmark civil rights case in which the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that the fundamental right to marry is guaranteed same-sex couples under the Constitution of the United States. Do I have an image? Did I have another one? Did I have another one? You know, I'm... Oh, Lord. Oh, God, help us. I went locally in the last two, and now we're going nationally. One of the guys is in charge of our human health. The other guy is in charge of the nuclear waste of America. His hand, his finger is on the button. He just got picked up the other day for trying to steal baggage at an airport. This week, this week. And they, and they, and they both are in charge of our country. Amen. Folks, we live... I'm out of time. I, I've got another half hour, an hour to go. But we, we, we are in terrible trouble in America. The goddess Ashtaroth has invaded our society. And she is taking over. One of the things about Ashtaroth is Ashtaroth has the power to turn a woman into a man and a man into a woman. And she would appear... I can read you different clips, and not just clips, but I can read you things that I've got of ancient writings and investigation and looking at it. You can see all these kind of things. It's an unreal thing. In 2003, Massachusetts became the first state to allow same couples, same-sex couples to adopt. It wasn't just their marriage. Now they can adopt. In 2016, a federal district court voted for the same thing in Mississippi. In 2017, the Supreme Court said, ruled against Arkansas law, which required... Adoption papers to define parents by gender. You no longer have to define yourself by gender. Have you seen the birth certificates lately? That you don't have to put man and woman? Have, have you, anybody been to a doctor visit lately where you filled out the stuff? And they asked you who you were and which thing you did? I went for my yearly, uh, you know, checkup that I do every year. And I went for that uh, here, what, what was it, <laughs> a few months ago that I went. And did that, and I just playing around with Dr. Patterson, and they asked all those questions. I told him I was every gay thing in the book. I mean, you know, I just checked it all off. I said, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. All that kind of stuff. Sheila got mad at me and all kind of stuff. But anyway, I said, this is foolish. Well, y'all don't shit to me answering these questions. You a doctor? Y'all a doctor? No, I'm not, not him. I love Dr. Patterson. I love him. But he's just doing what the facility 
what the headquarters, what the organization has now said that you've got to do. And he, know, he know, understands that well. He's a great, great, great friend and a great, great doctor. But this stuff has invaded our world. Astaroth is, is having her way in our society. I mean, in our school systems. Boys and girls schools. And, and they have boys and girls bathrooms. And you can go to either one. Did you say that you are just because you say that? Uh, un, un, unbelievable. Unbelievable things are happening. You select your pronouns. You don't have to be a he or a her or a she. You, know. you, you, you select those nowadays. Drag queen story hours are in our libraries and in our churches. Two, three major denominations in our county do that. It's unreal what's going on. Unreal what, 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 what is happening. And now we've got to the point of the mutilation of little boys and little girls who somehow just along their way while they were playing with something, maybe the little boy picked up a little doll or something like that, you know, and thought it was interesting to play with a little bit. Or maybe the little girl picked up a, a, a truck or, or, or a little gun or something. And the parents looked, oh, 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 oh. You, you must be a, a boy in a girl's body. You must be a girl in a boy's body. I, you know, I, when I grew up, I played with dolls. But mine had a gun and a tank. His name was G.I. Joe. But anyway, <laughs> but now you do something like that. You better watch it. They'll have you off to. And now there's this, you know, you cannot do conversion therapy anymore. Where if a child is mixed up about their gender and they come into a, 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 you know, a professional psychologist or someone to help them with that, it's illegal. If they come in and say, hey, I think I'm a girl. And so obviously they're a boy. And that psychologist cannot legally this is done, I have it right here, by an executive order, January the 21st last year. No more conversion therapy. You can't, you're illegal if you do that. And, and so it's not just the things they're doing, but it's our world and our rules and laws and our governments and our Supreme Court and it's those that be in place of authority are all bought into this stuff. No wonder, Jesus said, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a generation, he comes back. He takes seven more worse than himself. And the last state was worse than the first. And now then the only thing. Jeremiah told it like this. I don't have time to go there. Jeremiah told it like this in chapter 44. He talked to the people of Israel about this. And they told him point blank. We know all what you said. But we will not stop worshiping Ashtaroth. We will not. We will not. Jeremiah says, all right, so be it. But know this. And he says, thus saith the Lord God. Judgment's going to fall on you. So we got our choices of what we can do. We can be under uh, God's blessing, under God's grace and His mercy and His love and His care, or we can be under the judgment of God. Sadly, right now our country as a whole, or let's say as a skeleton whole, as a whole has chosen this kind of perversion. And you and I are right in the midst of this battle of the false goddess Ashtaroth who's trying to have her, his way in our society. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus like never before. The Bible still says in 2 Corinthians, I'm saying 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, depart from their wicked ways, and seek my face, I'll hear from heaven and I'll hear their land. That God still gives us that promise in our life. I want to stand strong for God. How about you? I want to stand strong for God. Father God, in Jesus' name. Stand up with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I give you praise and I give you glory. Lord, you see the situation, the circumstances that we live in, in this land that we are in, the land that we love. 
the land, Lord, I'm persuaded that you love, a, a land that has been the breadbasket for the world for many, many, many centuries. The, the land has spread the gospel of the Lord worldwide. Lord God, you see what has happened to our nation and our people and our culture that we live in. You see the minds. You see what has happened with, with Baal and Ashtaroth returned into our societies. God, wake us up, Almighty God. Wake us up, Lord God, like never before, and give us a backbone to stand for what is holy, good, and righteous, Almighty God. Lord God, we yield ourselves to you in these last days, and we look to the hills from which cometh our help, and we trust in our God. Somebody raise your hand toward the Lord and pray this prayer. Say, Dear Father, I give you praise. I give you glory. I pray for our country, for our land. I decree righteousness, right living, holiness, goodness. I decree the word of the Lord upon our land. But, oh, Lord God, I pray if our land continues to reject then, Lord God, I am ready to go. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, somebody say hallelujah and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. Please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com, so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk. And if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time to do that. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I believe you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins on the cross. And you have raised him from the dead that I might be alive in him. Jesus, I confess you are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome. You're now in the family of God. You're a child of God. Connect with us. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ. God bless you.